Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. This morning, we're going to talk about supernatural power, actually your supernatural power, and this is something that, um, especially in times like this, we, we don't look at who we really are. We have the tendency to look at what's going out there and define ourselves by the stresses, the problems, the issues. We need to understand that we have power. We need to understand that we have the nature of our Father dwelling in us. So I want you to look at 2 Peter. We'll go to 2 Peter chapter 1 first. 2 Peter chapter 1. Starting in verse 1, it says, Simon Peter a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of God and Savior Jesus Christ. For those who obtained like precious faith. The moment you called on the name of the Lord, the moment you cried out and said, Jesus, save me, I, I believe in you, you received faith. You received God's faith in your life. And that like precious faith is what he's talking about. He says, grace and peace be multiplied to you. Ever say multiplied? Now, this is important to see because, again, we're reading the Bible, but we're also, in the reading of it, we're learning. We're receiving what it's, what's being said to us. Now, you can read this as a story. You can read this as history. Or you can read it as a personal letter to you. And I've said this over and over and over. The, the greatest impact in my personal life, my personal walk, is when I started taking this personal. The moment this changed from the Bible, the Holy Bible, the Christian Bible, and became a letter to Daniel, that's when it impacted my life. That's when it changed. That's when I listened differently. Before I'd go to church and we're listening to, you know, the preaching, teaching, the moment I started seeing this in a different light, it, it got personal. And so I was able to receive the instruction and, and be impacted by it. And even if I wasn't, like the word that was being spoken wasn't specifically for me at that po point of time, I still was growing from it. And that's what I want you to understand is we don't gather together just to do a religious duty because that's duty, right? right? We gather together because first and foremost, the word helps us understand the importance of it. We don't forsake it because the Bible tells us not to, but I can understand why people would. Because if it's a religious function, it's a, some action to, you know, you get a brownie point from God, he'll stay off your back for the week. You know, I could see why people would do it, but the reason why we do it is because we are able to receive instruction, get fed spiritually, to help us for Monday. And that's what I believe Sunday's for, to help us for Monday. And if you can get that, this can mean something to you this morning. So you need to lean in. You need to get ready. Receive the instruction from the Lord because what I'm about to throw out right now is it, 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 can, it can impact you in a major way. Again, we're reading to receive. We're not reading it to read. We're reading it to receive. Multiplied, grace and peace, multiplied. Why would he even put that in there? Why not just grace and peace? Yo, he says, grace and peace to be multiplied, and then he's going to tell us how. Why is this important to understand? Because most Christians don't get this. They don't recognize what we need to be doing to mature or grow in the faith. How do I multiply information, multiply something? And he says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. You want to learn about grace? Grace. Learn about God and Jesus. 
You want, you want peace to be multiplied in your life, which you do, because this ain't the peace that, you know, you, you go sitting in a, you know, in a beautiful pasture and just peace. This is peace that, that's supernatural. This is peace that has, that has prosperity connected to it. This is peace that says, I want you to live a life with nothing missing, nothing broken. That's the peace he's saying. And it can be multiplied through knowledge. Everybody say knowledge. knowledge. All right, now let's keep going. In this knowledge, taking in this knowledge, again, all right, let me help you with the Greek language because, again, we can be, we, we define through our understanding. The words are defined through our understanding. You can get a definition of word, you can Google it, you can look at Webster's, whatever, and get a definition, but ultimately, every word in your life is defined by your experiences. See, I can go to Google, I can go to, you know, you know dictionary.com or whatever and put love, and it's gonna define what they assume love is. But I can tell you right now, each one of you have a different definition of love by what you've experienced in your life. It can be an ugly love. It can be a sad love. It could be a selfish love. It could be a one-sided love. But you do define love based upon your experiences. Now, don't feel negative about that. Don't get upset about it. Just understand that. Understand that. Because what it means is if there is another definition, a higher definition, something that's closer to what truth is, then you have the ability to redefine a word in your life. And what does that mean? You'll experience life in a different way. Once you understand love, God's love, and define it by his definitions, your life will change. Your, your ability to have a relationship with someone else will change because you define the word differently, which means you'll react and act differently. And y'all want different, don't you? I certainly, I know you do. So what we do is we recognize this word is telling us something. Now, in the Greek language, gnosko is taking in knowledge to understanding. Gnosko. This word is epigonosko, epigonosko, which is interesting because it's supposed, you'll read the Bible and it'll say knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. But in the Greek language, again, it's not to say knowledge as receiving knowledge to understanding. This literally puts on the word epi, which means it's knowledge that comes from above. It's, it's information, it, it superimposed would be the word. You ever seen an image, you take an image, maybe it's not really clear or perfect, and you get a, a clear image and put it on top of that image? You can do it with video, you can do it with pictures, and all of a sudden it makes it clear. Okay, so epinosco is just that. It's knowledge, but then God brings in this, this discernment, which all of a sudden that picture even becomes clear, more vivid. And that's what he's saying. This epigonosco, this knowledge, is this not the knowledge of, oh, oh, I understand it. It becomes something that's revelation. You have a deeper, deeper picture of that word. Y'all got that? Okay. So he says, in the knowledge, epigonosco of God and Jesus our Lord, as his divine power, as his divine power has given us to all things. How many things? All things that pertain to life, he's given us past tense. All things that pertain to life, he has given us. See, what I'm saying is, is this. Pay attention to this. Listen, receive, and you're going to walk out of here a different person. Because right now, God is saying something. He's saying, I've given you everything you need. And so when you're out there going, well, I don't have, I don't have, where is it? I don't have. And then you can go, what? Stop that, stop that. Right, right. What does God's word say? 
What does God's word say? Ultimately, it's going to lead you to the walk of faith. And what that means is, is you've got to get out of the sense mindset. I got to feel it, touch it, taste it, hear it. To the place where God says, faith. You might not see it, but it's real. You might not see it. You might not smell it. You might not touch it right now, but it's real. It's more real than the tangible. It's more real than this right here. Believe me, it is. Because that is what created this. God spoke into existence. He spoke and then it was created. Well, where's the true picture of it? What he spoke, then the creation. All right, y'all got that? Y'all need to know this. I don't know why I'm saying y'all all the time, but anyway. Like I came from Buckeye or something. <laughs> As is divine. I don't know why I say Buckeye. Because, you know, years growing up, years ago, it was like in the sticks. Because I was born and raised here. And, and Buckeye was like this, you know, tiny little country that you had to drive miles to. Now it's, you know, a mile away and there's the bounty. You know, I'm just saying. So that's why I do those kind of things, just so you, if you're trying to figure out, why does he do that? That's why. And, and to try to figure out my mind, it just ain't going to happen. It'll take you a long time to do that. As his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, or the God way of living, that's what that means. doesn't mean you're a nun or a priest. Godliness means is you're walking in a different view of life. Gosh, that's a good definition. Because I can tell you right now, when you hear godliness, you're not thinking that. You're thinking, you know, Christianese, Christian clothes, uh, Christian t-shirts, Christian bumper stickers, uh, Christian, you know, business cards. Run away from those guys. But anyway, you know what I'm saying? In other words, we, we pretend this. I can only go shopping at a Christian, you know, this or Christian that. That's religion. Pure, pure religion. It's not a good thing. It's a bad thing. Now, please don't misunderstand me. If you have a Christian t-shirt, if you have a Christian bumper sticker, I'm not bagging on you right now. Good for you, whatever. All I'm saying is don't think that defines you as a Christian because it doesn't. I eat Taco Bell, it doesn't define me as a taco. That was weird, but anyway. His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge, epinosco, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. He has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge. See, this is why we have to receive this type of instruction. I'm going past, I'll give you some knowledge. You know, the history picture, the picture of understanding but we go into the supernatural part. And this is, what's, this is what will impact and not only that, change your life. This is how you renew your mind. You renew your mind to supernatural information. The information that makes you different. Different. Not by looking like a Christian. Again, we define that as, that's a religious picture. But actually, understanding life. That's what I, I see it as. To really recognize the purpose of life. It, it's, it's awesome. It's something very special. When you look at purpose of life, you actually establish a higher purpose for you. You have a reason, a, a reason to be here now in this time period. Yeah. Not in the 1800s, not in the 1700s, not in the Roman times. You are here for such a time as this. So there's a purpose for you. You might not get it, you might not understand it, but I need you to understand something. So what? There still is a purpose for you. Just because you don't get it, understand it, 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 it doesn't mean that it's not there. No, it is there because you're alive. Yeah. It's just you need to come to know it. Epignosco, all right? This knowledge, whom call this by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us, which has been given to us 
exceedingly great and precious promises. Exceedingly great and precious promises. Precious is the Greek word temitos, uh, or say Tim and etos after it. So every time you see Tim, you can go, hey, Tim, etos. That means you're very, very costly. It's very costly, very expensive. So here it says that these great and precious, everybody say precious. Now say, my precious. Okay, moving right along. That was a good one, wasn't it? Lord of the Rings, some of you are going. I told you, that's what happens here. This is what happens up here. It can be freaky. Exceedingly great and precious promises that through these, through what? These great and precious promises, you may be partakers. Everybody say partakers. That word literally means to have in common, to possess or share a certain nature or attribute. Have in common, same nature, same attribute as what? His divine nature, God's nature. Oh my gosh. Whose family you think you're from? When you are born again, when the seed of God enters into your spirit and you become born again, that's the beginning of this faith, you have entered and received a new nature, a new family. Well, process this. You right now act or react according to your nature. Tied to who? The, your family. The people that have trained you, raised you up. You perceive, you understand, you look through life through that training. Even if you're going to college now and you think you're becoming this new you, you're still influenced by your training. That's why you don't get it until you understand you. Once you start understanding you, you can overcome you. But until you, until you do that, you will stay on the same track as you always will be in it. Your perception. I'm not talking about knowledge. I'm talking about perception. The knowledge, we can all listen to the same knowledge and all of a sudden we perceive it differently. You can all look at the same cloud and see different things in the cloud based upon what? Perception. You like dogs? Most of the time you're going to pick a dog out of it. If you like horses, you're going to see a horse. You're going to look at something and through your perception then define it. And you can go, yeah, look at that. It's a horse. And you're looking at it going, no, I don't see a horse. See like a, a building. Another person can go, well, I, I, I don't see a horse. I see, I see a lion. And you're all looking at that same cloud. Why? What, what, what's happening? Again, perception. Perception. It's so important to understand that this again because God wants perception changed. It's mandatory for this, this life. And for your life to become truly different, perception must start with you first. How you see yourself. Number one, religion starts off by perceptions of others. That's why religion judges all the time. The, the, the statement of hurt people hurt people, most religious people are hurt. Most religious people have bad self-identities, self-images. And so they're constantly judging, constantly. It's not because this is what the Bible teaches, because gosh, the Bible totally is anti-judgmental attitudes. Total, completely against it. But super spiritual Christians love to believe that they're supposed to judge all the time. You want to be like, you want to be super spiritual? Be like Jesus. You can see no judgment in his life. As a matter of fact, you know how they defined him? 
friend of sinners. What? Are you kidding me? Friend of what? Sinners. No one's going to tag you with friend of sinners if you're acting like a religious person. It'd be more like hate sinners, hate bad people. Judge them, judge them. Not Jesus. So don't be walking in those, you know, big old fat judgmental shoes of yours, tumbling all over yourself. I'm telling you, it's not God. He's the judge. Let him judge. We're not good at it. So what we need to do is get a, a, a view, understanding of the new us. So how do we do that? There's only one way, new information. That's it, new information from our family. I'm a part of God's kingdom, his family. And I must learn what my father's opinion of me is. How does he think about me? How does he feel about me? What's he say about me? And as a new person, new birth, I now have to receive that. See, as a child, it's, it's, it's an automatic thing. I suck it in. How come? Because I don't have nothing interfering with it at all. That's why kids can have the dreams that are beyond adults. They can be, you know, the astronaut walking first first astronaut, astronaut on Mars, and tomorrow they can be the greatest uh, ice cream seller. And believe each, each thought. Why? Because they don't have a lot of garbage interfering with that belief. Come on, think about this. When you're a child, think about your imagination worked. And all you need is a dirt, some dirt and a truck, and you could be building your own land. As a child, you could have a doll in a playhouse and you're living in a mansion. Right? I think, right? <laughs> no, the guy think. Follow me. The, the imagination is limitless. Think, think, think. We're created in the image and likeness of God. We're created that way. Then this very beginning of who we are is the true picture of who we really are. And then we get older, and what does that become? Nonsense, silly. How did it change? Because of life experience. You got hurt. You got broken. Something happened to where maybe it's other people, that's silly. Why would you think that way? You're too old to think that way. Don't watch cartoons no more. I mean, process it. Growing up, think about it. I remember my friends hiding cartoons. And I remember saying, did you guys, and I, this was, I remember it vividly in sixth grade. And I was saying, did you see this? And they all laughed at me. Even my close friends. And I was like, you guys don't watch that? No, man, we're, we're too old for that stuff. That's kid stuff. And I went. I felt really bad first, and I thought, man, I liked it. I really liked it. And then what happens? I'm spending a night at my friend's house. And you know what we're doing? Watching the same cartoon. <laughs> Boom, I was so mad. What is this? I didn't want to say it. They laugh at you. I thought you could have backed me up. Man, that's not good. But what happens? Again, we get spoiled by other people being spoiled. We get hurt by other people being hurt. And we think we have to become like them. No, you don't. You have to be you. I don't know how much society and, and, and things out there are trying to manipulate you to be like them. We don't have to be. You don't have to be. Amen? So it says that we have the nature of God. We share in, we partake in the divine nature of God. That's awesome. So the God nature, we 
live and operate in, now we must grow in understanding, information, grow in the knowledge of this. You know, in the natural, you look at this and you go, that makes complete sense. Because it's Bible and because it's this, we're now connected with God, we get scared about this. Ooh, that's, well, how could you say that? Because the Bible says that. That's how I can say it. The Bible's telling me these things. I'm receiving instruction of my new life. And it's a wonderful thing. Wonderful. I want you all to start thinking about this, this new life, this new nature. Because ultimately, if you don't grow in knowledge of this new nature, you'll stay the same as the old one. And you're a Christian acting the old way. And it's frustrating. It's not a good place to be because you're always constantly going, oh, I need to change, I need to change, I'm not the way I should be. And it's condemnation and guilt consistently. And I'm telling you right now, from personal experience, the enemy is in control when you're living that type of life. He's got you. And he'll manipulate you. He'll influence you to be totally opposite of what God has in front of you. I mean, there is greatness in front of each and every one of you. And believe me, greatness is, is not defined by being a missionary. Unless God's called you to be one, don't assume that greatness means that you have to leave the country. Greatness means you have to be the greatest follower of Jesus, influence, influence, influencing this world to this abundant life, this goodness of God. That's what changes people. That's what gives people about face into leaving that way into a new way, the goodness of God. The only way you're going to really share it is to live it. Starts with identification first. Amen. Identification. Supernatural power available. First Timothy chapter four, verse one. Paul speaking to us in the last of the last days. First Timothy four, verse one. Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times. And this is the last of the last. Some will depart from the faith. The spirit expressly, that, that's retos. That means vivid, clearly. It, he's, he's, he's showing us a clear, perfect picture of what will happen in the last days. I, I don't know if you know this. Maybe a lot of you do. I mean, you know, if, you, if you do any type of YouTube or whatever, you're going to see stuff like this. But um, how many worship leaders, how many Christian leaders are leaving the faith? Band members, the lead singer of Nelson Hawk, I don't believe in God anymore. I mean, serious, this stuff is crazy. But unless you know the truth, scripture, that stuff can make you freak out. To me, I know what, I know completely what the reason why is. Because I listen to them after the fact. And I'm gonna tell you what I always hear, religion. No knowledge of God's word whatsoever. One of, one of the main songwriters, singers for Hillsong left the faith. You know what his major comments were? Was this, if God loved, why would he send so many people to hell? And I thought, dude, you might know how to sing, but you know zero of God's word. Zero. You can get up and be all special and all hallelujah, but you don't know the word of God at all. Nothing. You don't know God's word. First and foremost, God didn't send no one to hell. That right there showed me who you are. You're having an inability to define because you don't know God's word. You, the, the Nelson Hawk guy, I knew automatically what I was going to hear. You know what I heard? Exactly what I thought. Born and raised in a Christian home. Pastor, his dad was. Family in church. And I thought, religion's written all over this. He never had a relationship. He had a religious experience, but never a relationship. So what do you learn to do? You learn to do exactly what religion accepts. That's not life. 
That's not life at all. That is not life. Listen, Christians, we got to understand. We got to get this right. And what this right is probably further from the picture of what you think a spiritual person is. Because that's the problem they had with Jesus. He didn't look spiritual. Especially you church people. You've been in church for a long time. You are having a very difficult time in your walk because of that. And there's a whole lot to overcome because of that. But you can and we can. We all can. But you got to understand it. You got to look at it and make record of, yeah, this is wrong. Now I need a new vision, new picture. Not, well, I've been a Christian a long time. I need to hold on to it because it, I get points for it. You don't get points for nothing. You get points for today. That's it. Not yesterday, today. Now the Spirit, Spirit expressly says that in the last of the last days, now Paul was, yeah, when the book of Acts came forth, and the beginning of the church, that was the last days. I mean, that is the last days because that, again, everything's defined by the word of God, scripture. When you understand the true teaching of end times, you understand that the church is the last part of the end. Remember, end times is only about Israel. It's all, it's all about the tribulation period. It's all about Israel. We're the church, we're that, we're that group that stopped time from hitting that last seven years of God's judgment with Israel. And the moment it came to that point to start it, it stopped. Time stopped on God's clock and the church age, the mystery, came about, us. For God so loved the world, that's when it started. The world started to become born again by receiving the work of Jesus. That has stopped the end times. As long as we're here, that clock stays like this. It can't kick over. We're here. So the last days is that beginning, and we're now at the last of the last. We're at the ending of this thing to where pretty soon, whenever that is, we will go, and then the clock will go seven years. And then we'll come back down. Amazing, amazing. But the thing you need to understand is, is he's talking about what, what's going to happen in this time period we're living in. You're going to see this. Some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving, seducing spirits, doctrines of demons. You might be thinking, what, am I going to start following a demon? A little demon's going to come? No, he's talking about people. He's talking about people. There are going to be multiplied teachers, YouTubers, TV guys, radio guys. There are going to be multiplied teachers that don't follow this at all. They're going to follow religion. They're going to follow their manipulation. Maybe it's money, whatever but they're going to be motivated by evil. And those seducing spirits that have worked in them are now going to try to pull you to them. Promising, saying all kinds of stuff to get you to pull you. That's how cults operate. Cults never grow. Cults steal. Every cult operates that way. They don't grow, they steal. What happens is, is here it's saying that in the last, last days, People are going to be led astray by religion. It's amazing how many of these guys start talking about Hindus and, and monks. I mean, it, it's so weird. And I, can't, I understand. I look at that and I go, I get it. You just don't know Jesus. You, you don't know what the scripture teaches. I feel bad for them. I so feel so bad for them because, you know, they have giftings. They have anointings because God doesn't take that away. What he gives to you, it's yours. They're unrevocable. He doesn't pull them away. It won't happen. He doesn't do that. And so you see these people with, you know, I mean, great abilities, but dumb up here and death in here. 
No, no growth, no growth at all. And so we don't want to be, I like how it says, and some will be depart. We ain't the some, amen? No, we ain't the some, not in love life. This is word-based. This is a, a Bible-based word. We're, we're staying straight to this. Not religious concept, life concept. We hold tight to this thing, amen? And that's what makes us less religious and more relevant. Everybody say relevant. relevant. Less religious, more relevant. Yes, amen. Hallelujah. Do you like that? Because I didn't. Second Timothy 4, verse 3. For a time is coming when people no longer listen to sound and wholesome teachings. People aren't going to listen to it. What, what, why? Because they're going to follow their own desires and will look for, they'll heap and multiply to themselves teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. You ever had an itching ear start itching it? You're like, oh. you ever seen a dog itch his ear? I mean, they, they like that stuff. It feels good. And what it's saying, it's given that, uh, this is a vivid picture of what's happening, but people, when they start getting off track, they want to feel comfortable about themselves. So they start going toward people that agree with them. I've seen, I've been doing this for a long time. I've seen the pattern of, 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 of religious people. And what they do is, is the people that they hate, in, 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 in church, they hate them that once they start falling away and start getting in their sinful lifestyle, they become buddies with these people that they always hated. It's an amazing picture, but it never changes. People they would never hang out with, they start hanging out with. And you think, dude, what is that? And, and then the people that are hanging out with them, they, they, would, they, they try to think, oh, no, it's, no, it hasn't. You're lying to yourself. Prove it from the point where they weren't falling to the point where they were Okay. They didn't spend time with you. They had nothing to do with you. It's only when they fail. Hey, buddy. You're like, oh, who's this? It, it's, it's, it's the same flesh, the same nature, but it's also the same devil because they can't operate in their fall. They must take others with them. That is the MO of Satan himself. Just saying. Hopefully you're all listening. They will heap to themselves teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject, reject truth and chase after myths. I've said this many times, but I have sat in front of leaders over the years that have gotten off, gotten in sin, whatever the case may be, and any leader that truly knows me, they know they're not going to be blasted. They're not going to be judged. But what they do know is they're going to hear truth for the sake of health for their lives, help for their lives. Only that. If I laid out all the sins and all the things I've dealt with with people's lives, it'd horrify you because you would never think they would ever be those type of people because they're not going to tell you. But I know, and you'll never know. But the point is, is the point. And that is only truth and receiving it will set you free. And I've had them sit straight right in front of me said, I don't want to hear the Bible. I don't want you to hear, I don't want to hear the Bible. I've had other leaders tell other leaders, I don't want to talk to them. And they go, why? Because he's going to just, Show me Bible stuff. I mean, like, all I'm going to do is read the Bible to you when you're all screwed up. Yeah, that's what I do. Get screwed up, and I'll just read the Bible to you. There, there is no, no person, no person that can truthfully say in a state, a fallen state, a hurt state, or whatever, that I judge them. Not one person, ever make this statement. Not one. But why do people feel that way? Because that's what the enemy wants. He doesn't want you free. 
He'll never want you free. He wants you under bondage. So he'll make you think or believe that that's what's going to happen. Whatever. It's not true. They will, re they will reject truth, chase after myths. Myths are fables. They're, they're falsified facts. Let's put it that way. And that's what they're going to chase after. But you should keep a clear mind. That means have a mind that's alert. Sober is a Greek word for it. In other words, not under the influence of something. A sober mind's a clear mind. And God says, I want you to have the sober, clear mind in every situation. Say every situation. That's how God wants you. I think about that and I think, man, there have been many times when my mind's been cloudy. And the cloudy is the stuff you're dealing with. And you don't make, no one makes good decisions emotional. You just don't. You don't make good decisions when you have to, when you're forced to. You don't make good decisions, you know, when, when it's a, 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 an emergency. We don't, do we? Why? Because our minds are all cloudy. I know marriages love to make decisions in, in, in a time of conflict with one another. And those decisions are disgusting on what comes out of people's mouths. Listen, if you're married, you're going to get in a fight. Gosh, understand that. But in the fight, zip your lip and don't say something that you feel that, that it ought not to be coming out of your mouth. Don't say anything at all. Just go. <laughs> Serious, I do that. But don't say, because a lot of people go, I hate you or we need to divorce. And starts, that seed, that don't come back easy. That gets out there, it's easier to say the next time and the next time until the seed sown does grow. Are you guys listening to me? Yeah. Oh, pastor, I've already done it. Then dig that thing up because it's a weed now. It, it's not God, it's a weed. It's destructive. Dig it out. Take communion together and commit to never say it again. Just do that. Can you do that? Can you do that out there? Just take care of the weed and get on with life. It, it, listen, I know the mind will think what the mind does, but that doesn't mean you're in, under control of it. You're in control. That's why scripture says, take every thought captive. You're in control. So we understand that supernatural comes through the word of God. Listen. Genesis. In the enemy's attack on Eve, his first statement is, did God say? The word, did God say? Remember, the scripture is the word of God, right? God's word, God's information. Did God say, did God really say that? Attack of God's word, right? Adam and Eve, first stage with the challenge or the opposition of the enemy, is the enemy, did God really say that? Jesus, first stage of his ministry life, in the very beginning, challenge with the enemy, if you're the son of God, do this. What did Jesus do to combat what the enemy was doing? It is written. Everybody say, it is written. Say, it is written. Say it again. That's how we fought the enemy. How do you fight the enemy? How do you fight the enemy in your life? How do you fight the enemy in a relationship? How do you fight the enemy in, in, in anything you're doing? Because usually it isn't involving, it is written. Usually it's my experience, my feeling. I just don't feel love anymore. You know how dumb that is? That's a person that can literally go from an enchilada to a cupcake in feeling. I feel like an enchilada. You know, I really feel like having a cupcake, really. I mean, they're not even close to the same, but that's how our feelings are. 
You can't live life based upon that. So what do you have to do? You have to control your life. Don't just allow it to happen. That's, that's just existing. You need to live life. And live life means you got to take control of the driver's wheel and drive where you need to go. Don't just let everyone pull you. You live life and live it big, live it large. Expect to be the greatest, expect to be the best. Not in a, a prideful, arrogant manner, just in a manner that says, my dad's the best, I want to be like him. Number one, I mean, think about it. And by doing that, you'll realize, well, I got a lot of obstacles, obstacles in front of me. You certainly do. But God says that we can get through each one. Let's go on this, let's go on this journey together. I'll walk with you and we'll go through these things one by one. And we'll overcome each time. And I'll get the glory for it. And you'll talk all that trash about how awesome I am. And you'll be going through, yeah, Jesus is all that. He is all that. He's on you. You don't know my Lord. My Lord, number one. And you'll be talking, trash talking to everybody. Christian, right? Not, hallelujah, praise the Lord, brother. Jesus loves you. No, you'd be going, no, no, Jesus loves you and he died for you, fool. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying? It, it, we just got to get more cocky with this faith, Spe specifically with ourselves. So in the Garden of Eden, the attack on, on, on Jesus himself, it is written. Um, Mark chapter four, the, the seed, the seed in the ground. Jesus spoke a parable of the seed and the sower in the four different grounds. The disciples came to Jesus and said, what? I don't get it. And Jesus turned to them and said, if you can't get this, you can't get anything. You can't get any spiritual truth I teach until you can get this one. This is the foundation the spiritual truths build upon. Understand this one. And so he does what? He starts defining, simplifying it. He says, disciples, sit down. Now sit down. He goes, let me pass out the fat crayons, the ones you won't break. Hands them all there, gives them sheets of paper, and he gives them the ABCs of the number one spiritual principle of the kingdom of God. And he says, the sower sows the word. A farmer takes seed and he goes out and plants seed. That's the foundation. Sower sows the word. A farmer plants seed. Why? To get something in return. What? What does he want? A farmer sows seed. Why? To get something. What? Exactly what he wants. That is the picture of the kingdom of God. You don't plant corn seed if you're wanting strawberries. Correct? What do you need to do? Plant strawberry seeds. You want corn? Plant corn seeds. This is the kingdom of God. The farmer sows the seed. A sower, I'm a sower right now. I am throwing out seed. That seed now is going to land on dirt. Yes, I'm talking to you. I'm looking at a bunch of dirt. I didn't say I'm looking at dirt clods. I'm saying I'm looking at dirt. You all are dirt. Turn around and say, I'm dirt. Turn the other neighbor that you don't like as much as the one you talked to first. Say, I'm dirt. All right? Isn't that funny, though? I don't even, I don't, you know, specifically tell you which one, and you only turn to that one. Hopefully, it was your wife first. I'm just saying. Otherwise, there's going to be hell to pay. You didn't turn to me first. What the heck? And all the married people said, yeah, yeah. Are you guys getting this? So 
Mark chapter 4, 13, he says, do you not understand this parable? How will you understand any of my parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately to take away the word that was sown. What am I saying? The enemy's after the word. Genesis, the beginning. Enemies after the word. Jesus, enemies after the word. And the word became flesh, John 1. The word became flesh, Jesus, and dwelt among us. The enemy attacks Jesus. Are you the son of God? And Jesus says, it is written. Eve goes, it is written, and I'll add some to it. That's what Eve did. She didn't understand the truth that would set her free. She had to add to it. What do you do when you don't have full knowledge? You add to it. You add to it. Don't add to it. Society wants you to feel dumb. If you don't have the right answer or you don't have the full answer, doesn't it make, does that make sense? It, it is, it, it's contrary or contradicts the way we're raised in life. All through first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth, all through these, these, these age groups, we, we get a pass. Two plus two equals four, Danny. Yeah, two plus two equals four. Well, it's 20 plus 30 plus eight. Four. No, I wouldn't know that. I'm not at that level yet. But no one has a problem with that. Except when we become adults. So what do we have to do? 23, 58, 56, 59. Yeah. I mean, we have, we have to start. I think I got it right the first time. Yeah, I said 30, 20, and 8, right? Let's reflect on that for a minute. That's a Selah moment. So what do we do? We, we, most of us right now, we live Google lives, you know? I'm an expert. I Googled it. We don't understand that that million and five on your answer has a million thirty with the other answer. Is broccoli good for you? A million, yes. Two million, no. Three million, don't care. You'll Google till you find your right answer. Everybody does it. I said everybody will do it. I don't want my answers that way. I don't want it. It doesn't work that way. I want truth, not opinion. I want fact. Y'all getting this? I mean, even if you got a medical issue, they're going to have different opinions. Ultimately, every medical issue in a doctor's communication will end with this. You're probably going to die. All right. That's their way out of everything. They're not going to tell you to get healthy. They, they can't. Not one doctor's going to go, oh, you're okay. No problem. You're healthy. They won't do that. That's a lawsuit waiting to happen. Anyway, moving right along. So we see the attack on the word of God, do we not? So the devil literally, I mean, he wants you to keep you focused on the, the problems, the issues at hand, but not the seed in the heart. He doesn't want you focused on this. This is where growth happens. So he wants you looking out there, not in here. When you go out on Monday, you should be remembering what was said on Sunday. Take the little nuggets, the things that get you, things that you heard, and get hold of that. And then when the, when the attack comes, which it will come, then come in all kinds of diverse ways. But the challenges will come because the enemy wants to steal the seed. He's going to find out how good's that soil, how good's that dirt. And our responsibility is I'm good dirt. I'm good dirt, devil. I'm good. Well, I don't think so. Well, first of all, I ain't even going to talk to you. So we ain't going any further than that. Because a lot of you like conversation. What do you mean you don't think so? You don't like me? That's the devil talking. You don't want the devil to like or dislike you. You don't want to have anything to do with them. And the Bible says when you resist him, he will run away. Run away. Amen? That's what we do. We stand our ground. We're not afraid. 
Stand our ground. That's what I want each and every one of you to do. I was looking at um, the word of Jesus. And it amazes me to look at the pictures that scripture shows us and what it reveals. When Jesus was sleeping on the boat in the midst of that mega storm, remember what the disciples were saying? We're all gonna die, right? So we know this wasn't just a rocky time. It wasn't something that there was, a you know, it's the wind's a little strong or whatever. This literally was a storm where they believed with all their heart that they're going to die. So they go to Jesus and they wake Jesus up and they say, you don't care, we're going to die. It's, that's the, do you hear what I'm saying? And what did Jesus do? He gets up and rebukes with the word, the rebukes the storm and a great calm. And he makes a statement, where was your power? Now we hear the word, where was your faith? But actually, what is it that we're looking to see? Power. That faith comes from the word of God. And that word inside of you spoken is power. You hear this? So when he says, where was your faith? He's literally saying, where's your power? What, what was he stating? He was saying, why didn't you power away the storm? Through the word. You have the ability to command. You have the authority. Why do you not speak the word power this storm away? Remember when Peter and the disciples were in the boat, and Jesus came walking on the water, and they go, oh, it's a ghost, it's a ghost. I mean, crazy, why would they think that? But anyway, let's move on. And Jesus goes, hey, it's me. Hey, it's me, guys. And Peter, speaking to Jesus, says, I mean, this is really crazy. If it's really you, you ever process this information from Peter? First of all, if I believe that's a ghost, you think a ghost is going to tell me the truth? Uh, yeah, it's me. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Would, would you assume if it was a bad, evil ghost that the ghost is going, no, it's not Jesus. I'm a ghost. I really am a ghost. I'm after you. No, the ghost is going to be a liar, right? I don't know. I wouldn't say if it's really you. I'd say, okay, come here. That's what I would have said. But he goes, if it's really you, tell me to come. If you're a ghost, wouldn't you do that just to have fun? Ooh, yeah, come, come to me. <laughs> Told you my mind is freaky. But we can get over that because when we're right in the scripture now. So what happens? Watch, watch. Because we think, Jesus walked on water. No, he didn't. Ooh, got you. I saw a lot of you go, huh, what, what? what did, he, did he say what I think he said? He didn't walk on water. He walked on the word. How do I know? Now, now I know what you're thinking. No, no, think correctly. What was the word Jesus spoke to him? Come. He walked on the word, come. The word power, the word believed, is what got him to walk out on the water. But if he was walking on the water, that means the water had to what? Become solid. Right? No, think about it. If he's walking on water, you guys, can you walk on water? No, you can't. Right? Is no one going to answer that question? Or some of you really think you're seventh degree ninjas? Because they can take six steps. That's what we always thought when we were younger. And we tried so hard. I don't know why we would try to walk on water as seventh degree ninjas. Because we weren't even a ninja one degree. 
do that in the pool. Try to be a ninja. Try, try. I mean, that's ridiculous. But anyway, come is spoken. Peter does what? Starts walking on what? He's walking on the power of the word. See, we want to think water. No, it, it, if it was solid, then, then the, the whole thing was solid. It doesn't matter what's going on. It's solid water. He was walking on the power of the word. That, that power of that come was keeping him on top of the water. You guys hear what I'm saying? If Jesus was walking in the water created to become solid, all of them could have got out of the boat without asking because the water would have became solid, right? Jesus didn't make the water solid. He walked in the power of the word of God. He says, I'm going to the other side. So he steps off, I'm going to the other side. Walking in the supernatural power of God through the word of God. Are you guys hearing this? Peter jumps out of the boat, walks on the word come. How do I know? Because he then looks at the issue at hand, the storm. It's always been there. The winds have always been there. The waves have already been contrary, pressing against them. It's the same as before he got off the boat. The problem is he took his eyes and got different information. The information did what? Created an unsolid surface? No. It robbed him of the power of come. The power of come kept him above walking towards Jesus, information came and said, I can't come. And what happened? He then began to sink. Why? Because it wasn't solid. The power of God's word. The power of God's word. I need you to get this because this thing right here is, can transform your life. It can bring the... Bring the things that you're dealing with in the natural where you can't get over that hump. You can't get victory in this area. You're having difficulty. The word of God becoming life in you will give you supernatural ability. Why? How come? Because it's our nature, our DNA. We're of the family of God. We come from the straight line of Jesus. His seed was planted in my spirit. Now I'm learning about this new life, this new way. The power of God's word is our supernatural power. Start believing it. Got issues about how you see yourself? Start believing the word, because it will. I know, I've lived there, I've done it, I've been there. I know the difficulties of this journey but I've overcome and I'll continue to overcome because I believe God's word. You can have victory. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what addictions or issues you're dealing with. You can't overcome with this word. It's not a little wave one. It's not three wishes. It's a life. And I'd rather have a life. I'd ha rather have the benefits of this journey strengthening me, building me, because then I'll overcome many issues than one little issue I'm problems with. I want to grow and mature and have victory over all that come my way. I don't have a problem with this life thing. I don't have a problem with having a little delay. I don't care. It's the picture of life. You don't go to first grade day one, second grade day two, third grade day three, fourth grade day four. That's not how life works. You need to go a long period of time to get to the next level. In life, we all go, of course. In Christianity, we go, it's taking too long. Come on. Let's live this life. Let's grow. Let's mature. Let's get new insight. Let's, let's walk these victories together. Amen? Can we do it? Well, to be able to get any of this, to begin in any of this, it starts with Jesus. The nature of God in you is tied to a new birth by receiving Jesus in your life. You're in this morning, you're here out there, and here out there. If you're out there and you're hearing me, and you've not received Jesus, here's your opportunity. Here's everybody's opportunity. Maybe you've been doing this religious thing you never really committed, really said, you know what, I, I'm believing in him. Maybe it's just been a religious lifestyle, and you're disconnected from this. Well, 
I'm not, I don't know if you're born again or not, but it's not my call. The point is, is you're not sure? Just call on Jesus. He'll take care of it either way. If you're already saved, he's just gonna go, hey, it's okay, you're saved. But it don't matter. But if you're not, he will be with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. If you've, done, if you've never done this, please say this. If you've done it, I don't care, say it too. Everybody can do this. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. And I do call on your name because I believe that you are alive. That you are who you say you are. And I ask you, Jesus, come into my life. I believe in you. And I confess you. My Savior, I confess you as Lord Jesus in my life. No one looking around. If you said that for the first time, I want you to raise your hand up in the air. If you've prayed that prayer for the first time, I want you to click that button. But if you prayed this for the first time, I have a little gift for you. I have a little booklet to help you on your new walk. So if you just raise your hand. The ushers will get it to you out there. You press the button. And if you want this little booklet, I'll send it to you. Give me your address. We'll send it to you. No questions asked. You won't get anything else from me from this point. So don't think you're going to start getting, please give us money, because you won't get another letter from me unless you ask for another letter. And I'm not going to write you one. But either way, I'm just telling you, I'm being up front. Hey, listen, I've gone to a church and gave to that church. And every week get letters begging for more money. I mean, it's crazy. I ain't that guy. Love you. Love you guys. Be blessed. See ya. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.